All right, family. So welcome to the Resilient Wingman Podcast, where we talk about fortitude, providence, and a little bit of logistics in the Air Force as we navigate through the minutia of life. I'm your host, Roy R.J. Jefferson. And if you have tuned in, it means you've come to the right place. Because with this podcast, you will have the chance to hear from leaders from across the Air Force on what worked for them as they made rank and what didn't work and how they were able to accomplish the mission. You'll also understand how they were able to build resilience and at times in others and how they relied on the faith or spirituality that they have. Today's Air Force leaders need to be open, raw and transparent while caring for the people that they lead and getting the mission done. It's about learning through the lens of our guests as we get to the heart of what being a leader is all about while serving the world's greatest Air Force. And if you are interested in hearing these stories, these anecdotes, these testimonies, then this is the perfect spot for you. Sir, well, can you hear me, sir? I can hear you, yes. Oh, you know what it is? <laughs> Technology. So I think that the problem was, is that you're connected to my Bluetooth. And my Bluetooth was in my pocket. That's why I was down to kind of muffled. Gotcha. <laughs> Sorry about that. Awesome. Well, I do appreciate you taking the time out to, to dial in for the second time, sir. And hopefully you're in good health and the family is going to help. But what I wanted to do is, is ask the question. I know we left off with the, the good general and his, his, he had to take a knee. I wanted to see what your thoughts were with when it comes to leadership and, and their ability to canvas something personal like that. So I, I think that not only as people, but officers in the military, right? We, we go through a lot of things, right? And I think that some of the most important things we can do is is make sure we do a, a true true self-assessment. I'll be the first one to tell you that I believe in taking a knee. I always tell people to take emotional breaks, right? I have a 60-day rule about disconnecting, right? And just staying connected. But look, we have to be at the top of our games every day. You can't be at 95%. And so you gotta have enough pride in yourself to take a knee, right? I mean, and, and stand down. And so I, I applaud any and all leaders who can be transparent enough to know that, look, the pursuit of perfection is a daily accomplishment. And if we're not right at 100%, yeah, well, then we need to self-identify ourselves and take a knee. Doesn't really matter whether, no matter what it is, it's, it, it's just being truthful and honest because the people who are our subordinates, right? And, and people who are above us, need us to be at 100 percent and so i applaud the efforts we have to do it i mean it, it's real i mean let no stigmatism of whatever happens happens but you have to be truthful and honest with yourselves because i don't need somebody who's fractured or broken uh, you don't need somebody who's fractured or broken or distracted you need somebody who, who's at 100 percent and is willing to be all in appreciate that insight you know when you were talking it made me think about something else which was the percep perception of everything right i mean as a leader you know we have everyone's going to watch us we're even in a smaller pitchable once we continue to make rank but do you think that and i'm not saying this is you know what people are thinking or i'm thinking but the perception right that hey i'm going to as the amc commander i'm going to say, hey, I, I took a knee. What perception do you think people, do you think that's a negative perception in terms of, man, you know, I, I don't know if I could really trust a leader who, you know, seems visceral or, you know, admits that, you know, he, he or she had to take a knee. 
think that as we are people, right, we have to continue to evolve and develop, right, and be honest. So you pose some questions that, especially as leaders and officers, we got to understand that, look, there are people who do not have our best interests at heart, right? And just, and yeah. so just, just put it there for run. And so if you are not a truly genuine leader, right, people will see that, right? And so those who don't believe that something's going to happen to you or or the symptom of like, hey, that person is doing X. And so now I can get ahead of them now because of that, or I use that against them. Hey man, look, at the end of the day, you have to be truthful and respectful and honest. Everybody is not gonna see it your way. And so, but doing the right thing is, it means a lot to not only you and your people, but you gotta do the right thing for yourself too. And so there are gonna be sharks in the water who see every incident as an opportunity to leapfrog your position because let's keep it real we're in a very we are in a meritocracy in an aritocracy in the military right we're not in a meritocracy and so it is a pyramid and so sometimes in order for people to go up somebody has to go, go down and so fortunately that's just the doggy dog or uh, operation in the world we stay but at the end of the day doing the right thing for yourself and your people is the most important thing because the system, let me say this, always gets it right in the end, right? It may not be in the interim when the event happens, but in the end, it always self-corrects. Just, just so you know, it always self-corrects. Just a matter of time. Yeah, I really value that sentiment. And I, you know, as I get older, and I'm, I'm sure you could relate to this, right? You, you just stand back and watch. And I know that, you know, my, my younger self was more involved with, you know, what people thought about me or, or and, and kind of still do to this day. But my point is, you know, you, you look at it from a standpoint of, hey, these are what my peers are, are doing. And, you know, I need to fit this certain mold, if you will. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you evolve from that, you know, that thought process, you know, away from, you know, and it's, it's biblical, right? And it's like, I put away childish things. And, and, you know, now that, you know, I've grown up a little bit, I can look back and, and see that some of the people that I were dealing with, you know, they are, my thought process is a, a lot different that I don't really value their opinions of me. And that essentially, like to your point, it'll all come back full circle. So I no longer need to put energy into those people to give them the thought of process, the thought or the of, of anything in terms of negativity and just continue on my, my path. Like I, it took me a long time to realize that. And I'm sure you've had to somehow manage that yourself. I mean, so what I'd offer to you is remember diversity of thought and background matters, right? And so if you don't take a hard look, and this is over time, right? That we look at ourselves, right? You compare yourself against your peers who don't look like you, right? Yeah. And you value, you start to try to value yourself based on the people around you, right? Right. And so when you're a young leader, an officer, right, or even in just young in life, I'm going to tell you, I mean, that will mess you up a lot, like, because you're you're trying to compare a Rolls Royce, right, to a Yugo. Mm. They both run, yeah. but the potential between the two is completely different, right? Absolutely. And so you are the sum total of your experiences and how you react 
two situations are going to be completely different from your peers. And so over time, you know, what you value changes, right? To be what's, I mean, what's really important to you. And as you get older, you realize the things that you thought were important to you and what people thought of you, right? At the end of the day, reputation versus character Mm -hmm. is completely different. And right, you, you are happy and content with being the best you that you can be. You can't right. compare yourself to the people around you because guess what? While you think, may think, especially when you're younger, that the house is on fire, right? It may not be the house. It may be the people around you who are throwing on your situation and it's not the house that's on fire, it's the people around you because they fear the potential in you, right? And you're trying to assimilate, right, to, to a situation where you can't, right? And, and, and that's one of the things that I want you to, especially minorities, right? Our backgrounds make us completely inherently different, right? And so at, in the military culture, we all conform and assimilate to a standard. However, Colin, inside that standard is your background experiences. And so what you value versus what your folks value are different. And how you approach that inherently is different. And so always be truthful in yourself. It's like, yeah, at the end of the day, these are the things you learn over time. Yeah. You know, you, uh, you, you said a lot there, and I, I definitely wanted to hit on a few things, if it's okay. So I know, you know, going back to your earlier point about, you know, being a better version than yourself, I know I heard a Matthew McConaughey speech where he accepted an award, and one of the things that someone had asked him was, you know, who are you competing against? And he said throughout time, he would always think about, you know, who that competitor is. And as he got later on in his life, he finally came to the realization that he's not competing against anyone competing in, uh, against himself so he's just got to be the better version of he is today so that the future self could actually outperform the person that he is today and so you know i think when when i heard that i, mean, I was able to apply it in real life because working at the expeditionary center you know staff work you know you you can get lost in the shuffle and so we had a bunch of majors if you will working and one of the things that one of those major had said to me he's a lro as well he's like look rj man we got to work out work out the the uh the quarterly wars this at the third and i straight up told him reminded me of that story that matthew mcconaughey said i was like look man i was like i'm not in a competition with you guys like i'm just trying to be the, the better version of my myself and so you know that you know in my mind i don't know if he was able to grasp that because i had surpassed that point where I, I no longer valued you know the competition with my peers i was like okay i'm just trying to do what i have to do and it, and it worked out like it worked out you know it opened up doors for me having to spend the time that i had at the expedition and it grew me as an officer so I, I do appreciate your points on that and something else that you mentioned about you know the background and i think that and you know maybe maybe in a future discussion but what i want to do is, is unpack that a little bit because i know for me me being biracial like my, my dad's black my mom is korean so i've got that that balance between the two of them and i know that for me as a child growing up and and somewhat in the adult phases for and i've had other conversations with you know folks that are like myself you know you deal with that that struggle of you know being accepted in both cultures and trying to find that balance you know having to be held to stereotypes you know i, I do remember getting pulled over because you know it was racial you know getting pulled for nothing and and then my my dumb butt was like, you know, the 
police officer was like, look, we're going to go ahead and search a vehicle. I said, yes, that's illegal. You know, later on, I realized that was illegal. But so I, I, I still hold to that 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 stigma, right? You know, of being black. And I, I identify as being black. But I think that, you know, for me, it took a long time for me to, to battle with that and, and the, you know, the understanding of where do I fit? Where do I belong? And what felt right to me was what I categorize or, or what I consider myself as being black. But some of that stigma, you know, I always often thought, think to myself, like, what do other African-Americans think about me? Am I not black enough or, or am I, do I check the block, if you will, you know? And I don't know if you've ever had to wrestle with something like that or have had the understanding or an opportunity to talk to someone, but didn't know if you've ever experienced that yourself as far as like that, that confusion part. So, so the confusion is always there, right? I mean, to, to your earlier point, as you grow up, right, you, you learn and, and you learn what's important to you, right? We all want acceptance, right? Because of regards of no matter how much love that we got from our parents and our family and everything else right it, it, it is always a, a evolution of who you are right we all want to be accepted right whether it's in a peer group socioeconomic it's mm -hmm. there's always something right right and so that that evolution it, it, as long as we're people because there's things that we truly self-identify with you know you know being biracial right so or or or, or, or something it, it's always something uh, that we're having to be accepted for because it's an evolution of who we are right remember if we were on the planet by ourselves as one individual wouldn't be a problem yeah, yeah. But, um, but unfortunately we're social organisms and so it's a whole bunch of us so at the end of the day we have to we have to be accepted by one another does it mean that we have to like each other does it mean that we have to be hugging and everything else but it has to be accepted right um mm -hmm. remember part of our, our constitution is the pursuit of happiness right at the end of the day yeah yeah no, i mean er, er, yeah. i mean because you know everything's a struggle i mean everything is a struggle I, I mean, because, I mean, you look at your wife. I mean, what do your kids go through, right? At the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 yeah. I mean, think about it. Have you, have you thought about, so I grew up, so here's a, here's a story for you. I grew up, you know, in the Dodge system with my, my stepdad, right? And mm -hmm. then recognizing that, you know, as a Dodge student overseas, right? Or even as a military child, we call those the third world kids, right? And, I th and, and what folks fail to realize what's so unique about military kids is their ability to adjust and adapt, right? Yes, that they have to do that yeah. better than anybody else. But more importantly, you're thrust into a team of people that you don't, but you have to, you have to deal with. You, right. There is no way. Now nah, you just can't hang around all the black kids because guess what? You might not have any black kids around you. Uh, you right. can't hang around white because they may not be that. And so you, you are forced into seeing the world for what it what it could be, right? And I mean by that is is we all get along. Right, right. I mean it's white, green, yellow, right? And so you see the world in a different way. And so uh, when you come back to your your hometown, which could be predominantly black or white you see things completely different right in that adjustment period for a while some kids dots military kids struggle right because because you have to conform back to your new environment right yeah. i mean i i mean because guess what yeah. you're talking correct you're talking proper right you're talking white you're correct you've seen things that your friends right don't understand right you talk about well yeah 
we just just came back from Rome. Oh yeah, I did it when I was 14. Why did it, I mean? So your perspectives on life are inherently different than yeah. that of the people around you. So yeah. conform, you know, it's all about assimilating again back to a certain point for a certain yeah. thing. No, you're absolutely right. Cause you know, my dad, my dad was army and we were stationed in Germany, Korea, Louisiana, where I was born and my brother was born, but he did most Was that in Fort Polk? Was that in Leesville? It was, it was in Leesville. I was born and raised in Leesville, Louisiana. Not much I, there. I trust me. I went to Leesville elementary school. So I am quite, quite Get out of here. Well, I did. Oh, wow. What a small world. That's crazy. Yep. Okay, that's what's up. All right, well, I feel even closer to you now know that, know, knowing that you went to elementary school. That's that's awesome. Yep, different place. To your, to your point, yeah. different place. Absolutely, absolutely. So going back to the original question, sir, about the mental health and everything, and your your support in that, can you share with the listeners maybe some of the some of the things that you have done when it comes to mental health? I know you talked a little bit about you know taking a knee and, and taking some time off and things of that nature, but have you looked at other resources or have you looked at other avenues, whether it be working out or anything like that? So, so, so my social, so my, my mental health is extremely important to me, right? Because, and I take it seriously. So, you know, just to even go back a couple further. So I had an uncle who's in the Navy, who was a submariner, right? And he had a psychotic break underwater, you know, not being able to swim. I mean, it's just a whole nine yards, right? And right. so he, and so when I tell you that it's real, because you know this is one of my favorite uncles, and you know he goes now to having split personalities, right? To in mm -hmm. order to, because you ability to conform. And so look, we all go through things, deployments, yeah. stress, triggers, you name it, in, in the life that we live. And so what yeah. I'll tell you is, I used to every month go to mental health right just for an assessment check make sure i'm not losing my freaking mind right right uh, and this was usually when i was in command right but i i, I still do it i mean the uh, the the aflac folks are mm -hmm. absolutely phenomenal uh, right. i'll tell you that especially here in the, in the in the dmv my providers are phenomenal they have given me so many techniques right to cope with situations that it's not even fun right so sure exercising i have a men's group that i still talk to virtually right because i, I mean i got a lot of buddies who are wounded warriors right based on my time in, in afghanistan and iraq and then on sitcom we did a lot of we, there's a lot of things that we did and a lot of trauma that we went through during those times that that you, there are people out there who are a lot broken on the on the inside than yeah. we are and so yeah. Especially, there's so many stigmas, not only being in the military, but as men, not not being able to have a conversation with a with a with a friend or a coworker or a peer or just being willing, just being open enough, right, to tell your story. I mean, I'll tell people, my mother had me when she was 15 years old, right? She died when she was 47 years old, and when she died. It took me a year to the day that she passed away, right, to actually shed a tear. Hmm. 
And so I, I, I and, and so with the, the, the men's groups that we, we, that we deal with, we have conversations that will hit hard on it because uh, as men, we're, we're, we're supposed to be strong, right? Yeah. But guess what? You can smoke a rock. And I mean that, that, that rock can crumble and crack, but it does need its own type of sunshine and health if, in order to be adaptable and healthy. And so it's important, you know, just all the pillars of life, right? You know, life has to be in balance. So, you know, you gotta, ha- you, you have to find outlets, both mentally, spiritually, physically to, to, to just let it out because eventually, yeah. you know, and as you know, if you hold this stuff in, it manifests in different ways, both mentally and physically and spiritually in your body. And so you gotta, you cannot hold this stuff in because it will have detrimental effects on you both internally and externally and in your environment so you can't hold stuff in but you have to be a man or woman enough to be open enough to say look to your point yeah i I gotta stand down i'm not me this this is not who i am i need help yeah no you're 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 absolutely right i I know for me mental health is something that I take serious. I, Monica and I have always used the military one source. We, we occasionally, we've gone to couples counseling and, and individual counseling as well. And I will tell you that during my most darkest moments in, in my life, I've, you know, going through depression, and you, you know a little bit about my history and I, I'll definitely have you on for to discuss that, right? But for me, going through that depressive moment in time, you know, that mental health break to talk to a counselor to 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 socialize my issues and my burdens um, was was huge for me. And I think you're right. You hit the nail on the head when it comes to the men and, and the way we're DNA from our con- construct. We are just organized to think a certain kind of way. And you know, it's funny. I was talking to my wife this morning about it, and you know, I was just saying that you know, whether whether or not it's self-induced or not, you know, men we have this inherited responsibility to provide for our family, and you don't want to you don't want to seem weak. And, and, you know, you don't want to share a lot of things because, you know, in our minds, it's like that's a sign for weakness for someone to take advantage of you or, or do horrible things to you. And so, you know, for me, it's, it's been, you know, having those conversations with my kids, especially my son, to sit him down and say, hey, you know what, during these periods of time in my life, you know, it was hard and it's okay. Like, it's funny, I picked him up yesterday from, from daycare and he, you could tell something was wrong. His vibe, his body language, is, he was huffing and puffing as soon as he got in the car. And no matter what I got going on, if, I, if I'm on the phone with someone, you know, I think he, even with you, I think you and I have been on the phone a couple of times. I think, you know, it's been like, now I'm gonna focus on him. Let me, let me talk to him real quick. And so he and I chopped it up yesterday and he was telling me, you know, lady that, you know, he didn't feel comfortable, you know, that how he described was a, as an older kid, 12 years old, but, putting his hands on his shoulders and he didn't feel comfortable with that and he he dropped a few tears and it, you know as a dad you know you, you want him to be tough so the only thing i did was man i had to just embrace him and just tell him like look i'm here to protect you I'm your father and i won't let anything come to hurt you so i just need to know were you okay and, and tell me a little bit more about you know what happened so i can continue to offer that support you know and it, you know, I want him to be comfortable enough to to cry because it's okay as a man to show emotion. You know, it's okay, and and I think you know society has it geared in us that we we don't have to show emotion. We shouldn't show emotion because now you you demonstrate a, a form of weakness. Yeah, I mean that's the I mean that's the I mean I mean you're spot on, right? Especially you know as parents, right? We we want the best 
for our kids, but at the same time, you got to show emotion, right? We are extremely emotional people. And so, I mean, we got to get it right. I mean, to your point, yeah, I mean, kids, yeah, yeah. I mean, we got to like, we got to be the standard for them, right? We have to be vulnerable enough, but the, but it is still, we got to show them that we, we're people too. And we have bad days. And I mean, yeah, spot on, man. <laughs> you are definitely spot on. I mean, we, we are, at the end of the day, you're right. As men, we are we are taught to be providers, right? At the end of the day, yeah. but we also have spouses who are helpmates, right? Because you know, for it, for all pillars, right? For anything to stand, right? It, it just can't be a one-legged stool, right? Right, right. You know, you're absolutely right. You know, you brought up something else that I thought about. So Monica and I, we've been going back and forth and listening to this audio book called 80-80 Marriage. And it talks about three kinds of marriage. It talks about the 80-20 concept, older generation, the baby boomers, right? Where men were, did all the work and then they came home, the wives, you know, in the home, didn't work and just took care of kids and just had a, you know, hot meal waiting for you. So to now this generation, which is like based on 50-50, where everything's gotta be even killed. You know, I, I remember having conversations and arguments with my wife over the holidays and there's, it was tit for tat, you know, and this new concept, and I haven't dove into that side of the book yet, but it's 80-80, and I think, and I, I surmise what happens is that, you know, the 50-50 concept on steroids where you're no longer looking for that tit for tat, you're, you're now dedicating 80% shared responsibility because you also, we're in that era now where a lot more dads are going towards stay-at-home dads, and then, you, you know, you have your moms that are going back into the workforce, and then that opens up a can of worms because now women are being undervalued and underpaid joining the workforce. And so you kind of in that never ending cycle of, you know, I, I wouldn't say debt, but just, you know, financial burden, the instability, because there are some high performing women that are getting paid lots of money. Right. But are they getting the 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 amount that's equivalent to what they should be uh, compared to their the male counterparts? And so, so that, that so, book, so, I haven't. So, oh, RJ, I'm gonna tell you something, man. You, you are dropping so many f bombs right now. It ain't even funny, and I, I mean, I, I mean it in a sincere, good way, right? To, to, to your point, man. So, me, me, so that's a good point that you said about. I call those healthy conversations, right? right. That you're having with your wife, because we all have different viewpoints, right? And right. I, I mean, and the evolution of of all the things that are going on right now with the black girl power right black girl magic the yes. the evolution of the i don't want to say it, it's the feminist movement uh, it, it is the propagation of the female which is which is absolutely on point uh me and my wife always have healthy arguments about so to your point about the 50 50 rule right and i and i and, and i dig into these all the time it's it so it's 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 50 50 on say in comments it's not 50 50 on accountability or responsibility hmm. think about that saying having a say in something but then when the repercussions come along it's not the same okay you're talking strictly marriage right so yeah predominantly yes especially okay. in, in in this new environment yeah so yeah so yeah just these are the, the, the healthy conversations that i always love to see just between me and you with old young and just marriages in general right so just just yeah. one of the many things that we do have healthy conflict on yeah 
<laughs> yeah, I know you, I think you bring up another point too. You know, I think I've always, and in, in, in going through couples counseling, I've always, you know, heard that the best success in marriage, I mean, you know, there's an old African proverb, right? It takes a village to raise up a, a, a you know, a child. And I think that having mentors, even in your relationship, right? I mean, a healthy relationship with another healthy couple, old school, right? To give you that foundation, one that is withstanding a lot of, even then, you know, sometimes you run across couples who perhaps were divorced and got back together or married someone someone else. So what are your thoughts? And I'm, I know I'm switching gears, but what are your thoughts on marriage? And, and I know that I have a, I have a thought process when it comes to like religion and how that's applied, you know, with God, the wife and the husband and how, you know, the, the man will leave the mom and dad and, and cleave to his wife and, and make one flesh. So I, I know that from a from a construct and that that covenant, if you will, with God. And so what are your thoughts on the wars in, in, in today's society? So what I'll tell you, it's just, it's so it, it, it's it's all a struggle. Right, because it's so. Think of it like this, and, and I learned this in one of the. I'll give you uh, some things in uh, our counseling. Is your wife married you for the potential that she saw in you? Right. Mm -hmm. You married her because of 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 how she is today. I like the way you are. Right, and so you see that those are two opposing viewpoints. Right, that. Right could merge right at some point in time but don't the lesson i learned is people change over time you just gotta you gotta go with them right uh, marriage yeah. it happens that's the that's the that's that is truly the reality of it is and, and and the best the best i had a two cousins who i met after like two, they were they were married for like 30 plus years right and i met them at a family reunion about 10 years ago and the husband, because for on the outside, they look like the perfect couple, right? Mm, yeah. And they got up at our family reunion like the last night and they were talking to everybody, congratulating them. I said, look, if any of y'all think that this marriage thing is easy, y'all watch y'all goddamn mind. That's this is exact <laughs> word they say. I mean, it hasn't been it, it hasn't been a struggle, a fight, and a battle. Yeah. But let me say this. If they're worth it, you'll know it. Yeah. People change over time. Uh, yeah. You just can't hold on to the whole, the old things that mm. you know. I, I mean, think of think think of it like this. Yeah. You know, pray to God. You don't have to deploy. I deployed when I was very young in my marriage, and I and and all the stories that I use behind it is were, were, were flawed. As I look back, I made conscious decisions to leave my family. My my less than two year marriage to go off to the world and see something different, right? And no matter how true my intentions were, they were all selfish, right? Yeah. And it took me three years each time I go away to get that back. Mm, yep. You because as well, as much as we think that our, our, our spouses and families can't do without us, they do yeah. all the time. The fallacy is that we think that time stops because we leave. Yeah. And you, you miss so much and you're absolutely like, 
when you come back, I mean, regardless if it's six months or, or a year, you're trying to relearn and rediscover your, your family members. And, and oh, by the way, you too change, you know? I, I think Absolutely. the year that I was gone from my family, like I, I found out within myself, just to spend that alone time, what I like in life, what I didn't like in life. And so when I came back, I changed myself, but you know, you're relearning everything. And, Time doesn't stop. I mean, it keeps going. You know, it's the kids grow up and they, the things that they used to do, they no longer do. And it's just, I mean, six months is a long time. And when you look at it, it's not, right? I mean, but when you're actually going through the ebbs and flows of, of life, it really is. And you're missing those opportunities, you know, birthdays and anniversaries and everything else that comes with it. And oftentimes I reflect back and, and you're, you're right though. It's like, you know, it's, it's selfish and, and some, capacity the spouse has to take a back back seat maybe they do maybe they don't depending on how you guys work it out right i know for my wife she supported me in everything that i did and so you know she was a full-time stay-at-home mom and now that she you know find her found her niche and she's got her own business now she's doing it and we're, we're both having to manage that our, my career versus her her career and and figuring that piece out and let me tell you that wasn't easy like we we were butting heads so often and it got to the point where you know one day she just told me all right i gotta go to this conference figure it out whoa what figure what out <laughs> what are we gonna do by daycare and i kept saying what are we gonna do she was like nah you, you figure it out and so what what she was doing was she was basically like okay well when you deploy when you go which is unfair to me right and you know we talked this out through cub scouts what she was doing was she was like trying to tell me to figure it out and i'm like hey look the military is sending me here i've got no choice like you have a choice you can sit here and help me try to figure this out together as a couple or you can just press on and so we, we worked it out you know but I, I wanted to ask you sir so you know in terms of marriages like in your faith and your walk with god and and how you view your relationship with your wife is is a is divorce on the table or off the table at any point in time like what is the deal breaker for you so i mean look we you grow up and you understand the arguments i mean divorce is never an option but it's always thrown up right when people get tired of each other i mean come and think about it now come on your spouse is the closest person to you right right they know you better than anybody else so they know when and how to dig in your chest yeah i mean to turn you upside down they know intimate things about you to to piss you off right i mean to yeah. really turn it up and so you going into this and understanding that like all right this is this it's a fight now yeah but it, but 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 it's just a fight right i mean because think about it <laughs> all the fights are about the same thing right and no matter how you think about it all every issue in a relationship right it it's about money right at the root of every conversation whether it's not enough time to do that well, well it goes back to money right and you start looking at the root cause of the things that you think that you're important and that when you're young and in the middle stages of your marriage it comes to money every time and so yeah. once you figure out what 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 the real triggers are, I mean, it's it's it's, it's not a fight. I mean, because either you're gonna do something, you're not. Right. I mean, and, and it, it, my wife always tell you, it's easier for me to break, but keep what I got, than to break a new one in. Mm. <laughs> and so I mean, as much as right. I mean, look, time heals all things, and, yeah. and and there are times where I can tell you, after being almost 23 years, you need time away sometimes. <laughs> you do. 
and, and, and for me to say that that if you don't believe that, I believe that. I mean, <laughs> there are times where I was a geo bachelor because me and my wife couldn't get along with each other. Right, right. And and that time, the, it, it 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 did help us to heal. I can tell you, we did at least two, three times in our marriage. I mean, for about four or five years, where it, it just it got to the point where we were so selfish in our own pursuits of what we thought the perfect life or the perfect job was, and that yeah. we forgot about each other. Yeah. And so, I mean, in time, when you sit back and, and you smile about it, man, I'm going to say, hey, the good times were good, the bad times were bad, but, you know, if y'all are two, y'all worth it, it's worth it. Yeah. Right. It ain't, it ain't. Right. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's a, there is a rhyme to every reason. You, you know, you're right. You do have to maintain your relationship like, like a, like a car, right? I mean, you know, just like you put time and effort into putting gas in the car, getting the annual maintenance, or every seven, eight months, whatever have you, you got to do the same for your marriage. So, some of those things that we talked about earlier, sir, I'm certain you agree with that, that healthy conversation and, and and setting up boundaries and and also you know getting a counselor to help you manage manage that a little bit because you know you the counselor is going to come from a very neutral standpoint supposedly right i mean they're supposed to help you all come to a table and, and you know not from a biased standpoint but just direct the conversation to make sure that no one's stepping out of bounds with you know maybe it's disrespect or coaching ability just to coach a person through or a couple through what that that problems they're going through and i and, and i do remember fighting with monica so many times over some, some money right i mean it's you know everyone's got a, a path that they walk in some of their experiences and trauma that they carry with them and so perhaps you know in my wife's past when she was growing up maybe no one set her down to talk about you know budgeting and, and future future planning and, and stock options and i will tell you that no one did the same in my family but i do know my parents worked hard um very hard my mom not having the ability to take up much education she she barely had a high school diploma but she uh she, she had a, a tanning and beauty salon and so i remember her working late hours for that and, and i think that's where i get my work ethic but I think that, you know, her struggles, my mom's struggles, I was able to take from that and, and know that I got to save. You know, when, when you as a, as a kid got to climb in a trash can to, to pull out some aluminum cans in the family station wagon at night, running covert ops over to Fort Polk, Louisiana and a GI barracks, you, 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 you grow a little bit and, and knowing that you, you really don't come from a lot of, lot of things. And so that kind of forced me to, to be a penny pitcher and, and oh, start saving money. Absolutely. I mean, think about it now. Go look back. Your family is an example, right, mm -hmm. of of many things, right? And, and everybody in your family are an example for something. Either you pay attention to those, those examples because they because they create those emotional scars for you, and 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 they remind you, I, I don't want to do this. It's just going to require some things on, on your part to do. Yeah. Now, but I want to tell you something. You brought something up, so I'm gonna I'm gonna use your word and unpack this real fast for you. Sure. So you said about and you mentioned about counseling, right? Yeah. So let me say this: I've had horror stories. I've had horror, horrible events when it comes to counseling. So I can tell you that I had two counselors who were absolutely horrible, right? And so one one of the counselors we had was you know they were they were Christian based. They were my wife's uncle and aunt. Hmm. And in the in the in and then the session we had, I felt like so they were taking my wife's side. And, and what I mean by that is they were making excuses for her 
right and not being objective one and so i said like hey honey i appreciate the people here today but i ain't do that again right because that's a one-sided coin and then i had a unbiased counselor who lady said i don't know what the hell y'all married for what absolutely so that's what i say like remember counselors are are supposed to help so remember you get you you can get some information on what you need and i'm just saying like this be cognizant of what you get right i mean because you think that everybody's in your path but at the end of the day, you'd be wondering like, what the hell did I walk myself into? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You you mentioned that, and I, and I do remember having an individual counselor that I was working with here locally in New Jersey, and I had seen her for six months, and I had told her everything. I unloaded everything I possibly could on her, and I told her like, hey, I'm also going through the uh, divinity school through uh, Liberty University, and so she knew my aspirations of being a uh, pastor one day. So how about when we finally brought my old lady into the conversation, the very first day she goes, so Monica tells her, this is what he told me in front of the kids, and so she tells her, right? And so she goes to me, she goes, was that something a pastor would do? I said, stop, let's put the brakes on. Monica and I, we left that same day, because I'm like, I am not the, I'm not about to sit here and, and, and be talked to about some of the things that I, I, I fall short on concerning my my dreams and aspirations of being a, a pastor like i get it like i'm going to sin you know what i'm saying but you're not gonna call me out on it so but you're right though not everybody is for you as a as a couple and a, and a counselor at all so you have to really do your homework and, and, and it's picking up it's really just picking up those signals right and, and being brave enough to be like this person is giving me a bunch of bs like to your point if, if i see it where you know it's one-sided absolutely i would i would definitely get away from that counselor because they are supposed to approach it from a you guys can work on you let's let's come to the table have a conversation not from a subjective place but just from an objective here here's what i see from the surface level big picture everybody can work on things and not just take sides of it i think that's that's horrible yeah yeah i mean absolutely i mean you 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 definitely have to be objective and real about situations and understand take stock I mean, to your point, like, if we go back to the beginning of every question you got that you've had, it goes back to taking stock in who you are as a person, right? At the end of the day, the only person that you can change and affect, truly affect, is yourself. And so if you're not taking assessment, I mean, because I tell, when me and my wife have arguments, I'm the only person to tell you. I I have to take some assessments on, like, did did I really cause that? And if I did, I mean, I, I have to be man enough to eat crow until I apologize, had a bad day, I should have not taken that on you. Right, right, absolutely, absolutely. Well, sir, I know it's 46 minutes into it. You know, I, I wanna keep going, you know, but I, I know that if we keep going, there's gonna be other topics that we could eventually get into. And, and I don't know how I'm gonna unpackage this because there's so many topics that we talked about in the, in the two sessions. I look forward to the next time that we can actually sit down and, and have this opportunity. What I do plan on doing is I plan on sending this over to an editor for her to kind of unpackage and unravel and stuff like that before I publish it so I can always lead out to you for your listens and, and if you want us to omit anything we can definitely do that but before we end sir is there anything else that you wanted to, to really talk about or, or close on no I mean I just simply appreciate the opportunity to be part of your team at the end of the day I mean because just and just so you know the amount of growth that you've gone through in the time that we've conversated it's phenomenal right it, it's yeah. just a matter of I just tell everybody, just remember this, I, and I want you to always remember that. It takes nine months to make a baby. Mm-hmm. You can't speed it up. You can't slow it down. And so just remember, calm down. Calm down. 
everything happens at its a proper time and place. It sounds bad. It does. Because everybody wants to speed it up. They want it now. But trust me, because I'm using you as a prime example. I can tell you 50 things in my life that I wish that's it. But all I'll tell you is patience. Just have patience. Everything happens at its proper time. In due season. No. Spoken like a man who's got experience and a lot of wisdom, sir. I really do appreciate you again hopping on. Is there any plugs or anything social media wise that you wanted to plug up? No, man, this is look, this, locate and this follow is, you. Oh, no, this is all new stuff for me. And so I, I, I'm all about the team. You are you are putting me into a new arena. And so I'm, I'm simply looking here to learn. Copy, sir. Yeah, this is a brand new for me as well, and I don't know what I'm doing, but we're we going to figure this out. we definitely going to figure this out, and, and uh, I plan on doing this on a reoccurring basis at least once a week. When I get to squadron level, I'm definitely going to have these conversations with airmen, have these conversations with senior leaders like yourself, current squadron commanders, past squadron commanders, you know, group and wing level and just uh, pioneers in the industry. I mean, people that, you know, perhaps in the retirement phase, you know, CEOs of different companies and logistics. I do really, really want to talk about logistics on a few of these podcasts as well. So I'm going to tell you something. There is a Dr. Curry, CS member of Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated and a few other, I'm going to link you up with. Once you get a taste of his unadulterated transparency and his real talk, you'll understand. Mm. He will truly help elevate your mind and some of the things that you need to do, not only as a man, economically, and just some other perspectives. So and I'll make sure that I get you Dr. Curry's information. Right. And so like, yeah, you definitely need to have a conversation with him. If if he's willing to get on a podcast, <laughs> will be another conversation, but you talking to him will truly help elevate your mind. Okay. Now nah, I look forward to that. So I definitely want to learn from, from various seasoned folks like yourself, mentors, and, and and I and I appreciate that because you know what, you know I think what we're trying to get better at doing is that ability to mentor. And I do thank you so much for for your mentorship and your leadership. And, and whoever you connect me to, I know I know it's going to be good. So I look forward to that. Yeah, you're right though. If he wants to get another podcast, I would definitely love to have him on there just to talk about things. But we can definitely iron that out whenever I get a chance to talk to him. Yes, indeed. Good sir. Will you be safe, Hate, and I appreciate your time. Yes, sir. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. All right, you too.